0: welcome to marketing thought leadership the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics here's the host of our show marketing consultant speaker author and educator and the president of leverage Two market associates linda popke hi this
1: is linda popke and welcome to marketing thought leadership we're here with Ann Janzer, who is a professional writer who has worked with more than 100 technology companies. She's the author of the book, Subscription Marketing Strategies for Nurturing Customers in a World of Churn, and her new book is The Writer's Process, Getting Your Brain in Gear. Welcome, Ann. Hi. So tell me, you've been a marketing consultant. You've been a writer for many years. And instead of writing about marketing, like you did in your last book, Subscription Marketing, now you're writing about writing. That's sort of a departure, and, and how did you get into that different, different path?
0: Right. So I've worked in, in technology marketing for um, a couple of decades, but I've always identified first as a writer and then as a marketer. So in some ways it's not so much a shift as a return to focusing on the fundamentals of, of my work. Um, but the practices and the strategies that I've described on this book all originated in my consulting work over all those years. So as a as a marketing consultant, you know, it was in my best interest to figure out, as well as my clients, to figure out how I could work as productively and creatively as possible on tight, tight timelines. Um, so looking at what I learned through the process of that is, you know, highly applicable to others as well. Um, writing is, you know, a critical skill in all sorts of phases of business. But in particular, I think with marketing uh, for businesses that are pursuing inbound content marketing strategies uh, there's always a pressure to write more, write more and and write creatively. Um, The written word is is one of the ways that businesses forge and maintain relationships with their customers. So the ability to express your thoughts coherently and creatively through writing is a real professional asset. I think you're absolutely
1: right. Yeah, Yeah, and today we have not just the written word but the online published word, right?
0: exactly yes right i mean there's there are so many more um channels through which businesses are communicating you know you have uh you know social media posts you have longer form things you have uh videos you have uh you know there's just there's so much content and there's so much need for content and all the time so uh you know i think that it's entirely relevant that we all try to Look at how can we be more productive coming up with this content, and how do we create things that people want to to read or consume?
1: So what's interesting to me, and I think you're absolutely right about all this, but what's interesting to me in your new book, you focus a lot on psychology and cognitive science. So why did you kind of go down that direction?
0: You know, I've always been a little bit of a cognitive science geek. <laughs>
1: oh, it's coming out now.
0: It's coming out. I have a confession. <laughs> you know, I was I was an English major in college, but I took a really disproportionate number of psychology classes. Yeah. Um, and I still, to this day, you know, love reading books like uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman mm-hmm. or uh, Predictably Irrational. I mean, behavioral economics to me is like I might have majored in economics had this been around when I was in school. Um, Or The Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin. I mean, I think that I really enjoy uh, looking at the way that our minds work. Um, And it became clear that I was, as I read these things, that there are topics like focus and attention and flow and decision-making that are absolutely related to the experience of writing. You know, um, writing is fundamentally a product of the human brain. So a better understanding of the brain can only help us with, with the processes of writing and when we
1: don't i'm sorry go go ahead ahead.
0: well i was going to say when we don't understand what's going on in our brain we can get ourselves in some trouble
1: oh absolutely absolutely so you compare the process of writing to baking bread how does that analogy come about i mean are are we putting in the right ingredients and we have to let it sit for a while and rise how does how does that analogy quite work
0: yeah, it does. I mean, so if you've ever you know, baked bread without, and I'm not talking about the bread machine, but I mean, going through the process of doing something with the yeast and letting it sit and kneading it, 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 it struck me um, as I was articulating and defining the writing process from the beginning to the end, from the very beginning process of assembling the ingredients through publishing the piece at the end, uh, that it really makes a lot of sense when you compare it to, to bread making. So. You know, making bread, you, you have this combination of you follow a recipe and you have technique, but it's also some of the things are outside of, they appear to be outside of your visible control. There's like these little unseen yeast organisms that do things and, you know, the gluten content of the flour and things that, you know, how do you control this? Um, and yet good bakers do control. They're consistently able to replicate and, and produce really wonderful things. Um, And I think that's kind of true of the end-to-end writing process. You know, you assemble the ingredients, you gather them together, you mix them, you create a structure. And then I think I found in my writing that wonderful things happen if I let them rest and incubate at certain points in the phase of writing. Um, Things happen while I'm not paying attention. You know, I'm off doing something else, but somehow the piece is still writing itself. And when I come back, it's a little bit different. So that's the – and there's another reason I think that the – bread-baking analogy works well, which is this. If you try to skip a step of uh, the process in baking bread, you know, the results are going to suffer. And I think the same is true of writing. If you try to just sit down and draft something really wonderful or just skip the revision process or something, you know, your results are going to suffer as well.
1: Now, it's interesting you say that you go off and do something else and the writing keeps happening. Do you pick up kind of just from being around things, and, and around other people and watching what's going on, are there ideas that are churning in your head that then become pieces?
0: Yes, yeah. I think if you if – you, um, I, I was looking at reading about the study of creativity, in fact, and, and uh, there's an author, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, who's written about this you know, extensively, and he says really there's five phases to creativity, and one is that you struggle with the work um, and then you let it incubate. You know, So because you don't you – don't, creativity is a matter of pulling in associations and things that are not immediately obvious in a linear thought process, right? Creativity is not linear, I guess that's maybe its definition. Right. But when we sit and try to work hard, we're thinking in a linear way, and we're using those mental processes and not the mental processes that are going to pull something from left field. So if we can let something incubate, if we can work on it and then go off and do something else, we're freeing up our brain and parts of our brain to work with that material in a nonlinear, maybe subconscious way that feeds our work further down the road.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about specifically some of the challenges that writers face in the marketing domain. So, not novelists or poets or, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling, but people who are churning out content that requires. Uh, us to to bring in leads um, to help build business, so whether it's spot leadership content or an email campaign, what sort of specific challenges do you see and what advice do you have for us there?
0: Right, so one of the biggest challenges in a lot of cases is the workplace itself. You know I was talking to someone recently. I was at this little high tech company in the peninsula, and we had a meeting. It was in their beautiful, very industrial, chic, open space offices, you know, brick walls, exposed pipes and tables. We met at a big conference table just in the front of the office, and near us Mm -hmm. were tables where people were working and other people were talking and people were walking around, right? So I met with this woman in product marketing, and she was telling me that she felt bad because um, she wasn't as productive as her her, uh, manager, who was the director of marketing, because he could sit – and write blogs out during the week in this environment, and she couldn't. So she would go home and spend her Sunday afternoons every weekend doing the writing that she had to do that she had hoped to do in the previous week, but she never could. Um, and, what, what you know, the good news is that she divided and conquered and found a quiet place to do the drafting. But I think with a better understanding, you know, the bad news is that she had to do this on her own time, <laughs> and she felt badly about it. She mm-hmm. felt insufficient Right, I think if you really understand your writing process and what you need at each phase, you can maybe activate for having the right environment to do some drafting, maybe a few hours in a in a quiet conference room dedicated to her every week so she could do that phase of her work, for example, something like that. So the workplace itself is um always not not always friendly to writing um, and then there's also you know the constant distractions and immediate gratification of. Social media, rather than the, the, the hard work of writing, right? Um, always on connectivity, people expecting quick responses to emails and interruptions, uh, and it it can be really hard to get focused attention that you need for actually
1: drafting in the in the workplace. Do you think it's harder for people to write something when they say, "gee, it's an email, uh, it, it's going to go out and"? we'll get response and then it will be gone as opposed to wow i'm writing a piece of literature. Do you think there's a different approach that people take to marketing content?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. For the one, you know, on the one hand, you you've got this whole barrage of inputs thing, you know, uh well, not for email, but you know, in web writing. Okay, what's the SEO? What are the key- keyword terms I have to put right. in? For email, it's like, oh, my optimal title length is five words, and I shouldn't have more than 100 words when the call to action should be 30 words in. or You know, I mean, you have a bunch of metrics and things, which can be useful, um, but they can be inhibiting. And I think also the, you know, you're right, there's the the, the thing that it's just marketing content. It doesn't, the sense that it doesn't require um, maybe the creativity or attention that another piece might require. There's also, I think, and this is a tough bias to get over, but the thought that something that's short doesn't need the same process, right? (laughs) I'm just going to pop off an email. I should just be able to sit down and do that, which you can, but it just may not be as good as it could be had you decided to think about it, you know, and then kind of structure what you want to say, and then draft it, and then let it rest, and then look at it again, and then say, okay, now I'm ready to put this out. Um, I think if you go through the process, you'll end up with a better... Uh, better results
1: and sometimes it's actually harder to do shorter pieces yeah because you need to to keep it tight and succinct and and get to the point yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly and it takes a lot of revision and editing to get something that's really pithy or you know short and wonderful
1: yep Yeah. so your book offers a number of different strategies to improve productivity Uh, what is your favorite strategy for being more productive as a writer
0: so one of my favorite ones is one that we actually were were kind of referring to before which is letting letting things uh incubate in your brain and uh, specifically there's a, a process an observed phenomenon called the zygarnik effect which is uh talks about the brain's zygarnik stability. effect zygarnik effect is named after okay. a uh Bluma zygarnik she was okay. a uh, in, in the 1920s she was Lithuanian so she goes to this cafe with a, a large group of friends And they all sit around the the table, and they each order something different. And the waiter doesn't write it down, remembers all their complex orders, delivers them all perfectly to the right person, you know, uh, a wonderful feat of of mental, uh, you know, processing. And then they all take off, and somebody forgets their coat and goes back, and the waiter looks at them and has no idea who they are. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So from this came this, this idea. It's like, okay, so our brains will reserve processing for an unfinished task. In the case of the waiter, it was this table. And then we get rid of it when the, when the task is finished. Um, but if you understand this, that your brain is gonna set aside cycles for something that it thinks of as unfinished, and it'll kind of work on it in the background. Um, this, this works both for and against you as a writer. I mean, if you're trying to write something, but you know that you have something important you have to do that you're gonna to have to get to, it's gonna steal some of your focus but you can also use this to your advantage and here's this is here's the productivity t- tip is if you were writing something and you're not sure how to approach it or you've got something you've got to figure out about it tell yourself okay i have this unfinished problem and i don't know what the title of this piece should be or i need a great approach for this email and i don't know what it is and then get up and go away and do something else that's not writing just you know go best yet go for a walk or go to the mm-hmm. gym or, do something that doesn't even require your focused attention. Um, and, you know, occasionally let it simmer, pop back up to your brain again. Think about it a little bit. You might get a great idea. But even if it, no splash of insight happens, the next time you sit down to work on that thing, I guarantee you're going to be more productive. It's going to – ideas will come more fluidly. I mean, it just it just happens. It's really interesting. <laughs>
1: You know, your it, it brain... sounds sort of counterintuitive, but I've I've had that happen.
0: Yeah. Well, so, you know, I've
1: been working on something, and it's like, you know, the dog will be here saying, hey, it's time to go out for a walk. So we go out for a walk, and I come back and go back to it, and it's like didn't think about it on the walk, but somehow it seemed to gel more.
0: That's right. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, that, that they would say, your psychologist would say, that part of your brain was holding that that thing and just kind of, you know, working with it, which is, I think, also why we tend to dream about things related mm. in our lives. If we have unfinished business, uh, you know, it's or, you know, if you have to get up in the morning and do an early flight and you have three things to accomplish before you go out the door, your dreams are not settled. Your brain is not letting go of the right. stuff that it, right. it knows you still have to finish. So you exactly. can use it to your advantage, actually, to solve writing problems, come up with creative approaches, things like that.
1: Um, so Bluma Igernic. Now we yeah. know I have a name for that. Okay, exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. So, Anne, so what advice would you give to people who know they need to write more? Because you, you talked about the woman who, who was sitting in a big open area and had to get her blog posts done on the weekend. We all want to write more blog posts or position papers. If we're marketers, mm-hmm. you know, we need to we need to write for ourselves. If we're consultants, um, we need to write for our clients. We need to write sometimes for other people. How do we? What have you? What if you just stuck and you can't start? Where do you go?
0: Yeah, so you know, I think there are two things that can keep you from writing, um, from even getting started, and and one of them is related to process, and one is related to mindset. So the process problem is um, you every all of us. All of us, even someone who's just written a book on the writing process, all of us have this sense that we should just be able to sit down and write something brilliant.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, yep.
0: Right, and so we sit down, and nothing brilliant's coming out, and it's like, oh, heck, I'm, I'll just do this later. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, nothing's coming. Um, but the writing process is more involved than that, and it has multiple steps. And like I talked about the bread recipe, you know, you're, you, you can't start kneading until you've assembled the ingredients. You. you You'd, drafting is just a midpoint in a much longer journey, um, with a research and thought ahead of it and revision after it. So, um, having understanding and having faith in the process is really the uh, the key, I think, to writing more and writing more easily and and happily. You know. Mm-hmm. So if you have to write something, don't pressure yourself to write the thing. Pressure yourself to. I'm going to start on this by opening up a file and. Rewriting the thoughts that I have about it, the questions I have about it and things I might want to research. And that's my start on that today. And then later on, maybe even later today, I'll come back and I'll uh outline this thing. You know, but but divide it into steps and conquer it so that you're just doing one thing at a time, not only does this make the work seem less daunting, but you know, my theory is that different parts of the process call on different kinds of mental processing. So you divide it's kind of like an assembly line in your brain that you get to do, right? You can bring one kind of attention and focus to the one step, and the next to the next. Um, and the other, the other problem I, that I see people have is one of mindset, and this is um, approaching a writing project with a with a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. Um, Carol Dweck at Stanford has written a book called Mindsets about the fixed mm-hmm. and growth mindset, um, and she talks about the the importance and the the power of approaching things with a fixed. Uh, growth mindset which is the belief that you can develop your abilities through learning and work um, and i think that sometimes people say to themselves you know i'm not a good writer or i'm not a creative type or something and that becomes a limiting belief when they set out to write so their inner critic is you you know over their shoulder, saying, oh my God, you're not a writer. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Who uses that word? <laughs> What's that verb? Do you use that, you know? Um, it could just keep you from getting anything done. So if you have a fixed mindset and you, then you put something out in the world and you get negative feedback, if you, if you have a fixed mindset about your writing that you think you're either a good writer or a bad writer, then any criticism or revisions or edits seem to be reflecting, ah, I'm a bad writer. They reflect on you and not on the writing. Um, and if you approach it with a sense of growth that you're gonna get better and learn, you will take that feedback and say, I can make this piece better, and I can actually over time you know, change my writing so that I won't make that particular issue, that mistake again and again. Um, and the process is just a lot more fun. So, the, And the good news is that you can change your mindset, like changing a, a filter on a camera lens. You just have to look for when you're, when you're giving yourself these limiting, thoughts and and figure out how to reframe them
1: that's great that's fantastic and helpful we've been talking with um with ann janzer she's the author of the new book the writer's process getting your brain in gear so ann um how, how would people find out more about you or find out more about the book
0: sure so the uh the book is on amazon but you can find out all about the book and about me on my website uh where i also just write blogs about the process of writing and uh uh, about marketing and writing as well. So the website is anjanzer.com That's A-N-N-E-J-A-N-Z-E-R.com. And that's got every, my latest posts and the book. You can contact me and send me questions if you have them as well.
1: So. Great. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you here.
0: Thanks, Linda. It was really fun to talk to you.
1: This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership brought to you by leverage2 market associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.